0: deal with JD's Realty and Auction and welcome to episode number one the Knoxville business show and today we're pretty excited about having our first episode we got with a special guest Danny Lowry all the way from the mighty Mississippi welcome Danny (laughs) thank you well tell all of our viewers a little bit about uh, Danny Lowry And, and let me say that Danny has been with JD's Realty and Auction since day one. Back January the thirty first, two thousand fifteen. He uh, he's been with us from the very beginning. But tell everybody a little bit about Danny. And what where you came from? Where you grew up? And what you've done?
1: Well, actually, I grew up around Clinton here. Went to Clinton High School. Graduated Clinton High School somehow, and. Uh, then immediately moved back to Mississippi, where I had a lot of relatives, northeast Mississippi, about sixty miles from Tupelo, a town called Corinth, and uh, worked for ITT there for twenty-three years, making telephones, shipping them all over the world.
0: You made telephones.
1: The, the factory there in Corinth actually made telephones. Yes,
0: that's cool.
1: And were the and were the uh, first ones to come up with remote telephone systems and that's cool yeah. and so so you ain't as dumb
0: as you act like you are.
1: Well I uh, uh,
0: I don't know about <laughs> make, that. Make, make telephones we're, right. we're
1: gonna let the viewers come, figure that. that yeah. right. okay. uh, then uh, while I was working for ITT I uh, happened to go to a few auctions and and got some really good deals and then before I knew it, I was working with the auction company and doing a lot of trading and, and eased into doing some woodworking. And you know, I would pick up furniture that needed repair, repair it, and run it through auctions. And uh, then after it just evolved. Uh, at one time, I was doing four auctions per week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night and Sunday in the daytime hmm. and uh, then uh, at that time in Mississippi they didn't have uh, didn't have the mandatory auction laws you could simply go to the courthouse uh, pay $35 uh, and get your auction license that way so yeah. so that's what i did back in those days to get my auction license was simply go to the courthouse actually i went while I, during my lunch hour and uh had time to do lunch
0: and oh, got your auction license and everything that's how it all all began that's uh that's an interesting story so you went from making telephones to four auctions a week thursday friday saturday and sunday uh, in the mighty Mississippi well, that that's pretty cool. And by the way guys, we're we're broadcasting live right now on Facebook If you have any questions uh, Dave will be monitoring the questions. Just pop them on there and Danny and I'll be happy to answer them for you um, And then of course if you're watching this post live, then you can still pop any questions and we'll get back and, and answer them throughout the week um, But today, you know, we're talking about what is an auctioneer and the interesting thing for me was i wanted to have danny on here to talk about you know what attracted him to the auction industry where we're at in the auction industry now and then kind of where we're going you know and and potentially how how could you be involved in the auction industry either becoming an auctioneer yourself or if you have items to sell you know what path to go down for that so okay so so far we've uh, we've went from making telephones to four auctions a week what really drew you into saying this is kind of neat? Did you just always like buying, and sell trading or? Well yes yes I always did that. Uh, also
1: there, there's kind of one little for instance uh, th- they would send antiques down from up north there were were I guess you'd call them pickers nowadays they would send antiques down to Corinth for us to sell. Yeah. And I bought a mirror uh, that was sent down from up north, a large oak mirror, and gave $10 for it. Mm-hmm. And I took it to an antique store that that I was partners in and hung it on the wall. And less than a week, I sold that mirror for $100. And I, <laughs> yes. and I said, whoa, where in the world can you invest $10? Right. And in less than a week yep. make a hundred dollars and it be legal. it <laughs> be legal. <laughs>
0: not not breaking the law <laughs> or
1: anything. So that kinda set my pants on
0: fire to uh
1: keep trading and, and you know, pick up stuff in the rough and shine
0: it up and Yeah. Well wow. sometimes so, so give it a story. It was kinda like going fishing. The first fish you caught like I was was a kid, you know, when dad took me fishing for the first time. When I caught my first fish, I was hooked. And that mirror just so happened yeah. to be the first fish. Yes, it did. That's pretty cool. So you're still in Mississippi all this whole time. Yes, and then a few
1: years later, uh, Mississippi enacted a, uh auctioneer law, which is which is written off of and derived from the Tennessee auction laws. Uh, which allowed us to start auctioning real estate. Yeah. Because up until that point we could auction anything tangible but not real estate. Gotcha. And you know, it's kind of it's kinda of tiring to go to somebody's estate and say, Yes, I can sell everything that you've got, but you're gonna to have to let a real estate agent take care of the most valuable thing that you've got, which is your property and your home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a while, that, that we kind of darted around it a little bit and uh, we would auction the property off and then we would send the buyer over to a table where
0: a licensed real estate, real estate agent, agent was sitting yeah. and
1: he would actually do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So that that evolved into now to what this as we know the law in Tennessee to be that if you're going to sell a piece of real estate you have to have two licenses. All right. You've got to have your auctioneer license and then you've got to have an affiliate broker license, um, which is what is commonly referred to as a real estate license. Um, well, that's so that's interesting. So what brought you to Tennessee? And let's get caught up to that, and then let's talk about kind of how that how the auction process has evolved but how did you get to Tennessee?
1: Well for a few years I, I had been taking my better merchandise, better furniture, and better smalls bringing them up here and running them to an auction because uh it's pretty well common knowledge in Tennessee the further east you go the better prices you get I don't know if it may be kind of tied into Smoky Mountains and mm-hmm. so many tourists coming in up there you know wanting wanting trinkets and antiques to take back home with them. But anyway, it was pretty well common knowledge. The further east you got in Tennessee, the more it was going to bring. And so I would bring antiques up and run them through auctions up here in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I uh, got to doing uh, got to doing a lot of that. And also my parents still lived up here. And so I just kind of evolved on up, uh, ITT, uh, basically shut down, started, started making all their phones over in uh, Indonesia. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of evolved back up here because the antique market was better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's hotter up here. So that just, it was just a natural progression for you to come on up here. That's interesting. Um, you know, in this, since this is our first episode, I'll tell um, our, our viewing audits here a little bit about myself. I think most of you probably know if you're, if you're watching this, if you've been following us, I spent 20 years in the army and um, decided to retire there about five or five and a half years ago. And as a kid, I used to go to auctions with my grandpa and he would take me and, and uh, just, you know, I, I don't know, I can't really remember ever buying anything, but I always thought that was just the neatest thing. A guy up on stage saying, hey, five, now 10, ten now 15, now 20, gonna be 25, now 30, now 35. And I thought, you know, that guy, everybody's watching him, and as a kid, you know, you'd like to be center of attention show. anyway. You know, so I thought, boy, that'd be neat to do that one day.
1: Yeah, it's a show.
0: It's just a big show, yeah. it is. It's an entertaining show, and that person is a showman. And at, at the time, uh, about four years before I retired, it was time for me to get my master's degree. And when i was getting my mba i had to do a project um, over i actually picked a casino to do the project over our final analysis project but ultimately it was about a business that we were going to start so i had to do a business plan a marketing plan and i just picked an auction company that that's what we were going to do and this was it was maybe maybe it was by accident i don't know if it's i guess it was god's plan that it was meant to be and then when i was at fort stewart Uh, down in savannah i met a a friend of mine who ran at that time savannah auction exchange and i don't even know if i ever told you this but um natalie and i started going to that auction and you know i just called him i said hey if you need any help i'll help you i'll do whatever you want you know you need i'll just hold up the items i just want to be involved yeah that's how
1: you get started
0: yeah like don't pay me anything I don't want any pay I just want to be there and be involved and see what the back end looks like the other side not sitting in the crowd yeah and of course he said yeah that would be awesome thank you very much come on down and and uh, we went from that to you know we brought him online we helped him figure out a process to get his auctions online and then Natalie she ran the the online portion of it I was holding up the items And I finally decided it was time to go to auction school because it was time for me to be up on stage instead of holding the items up. And my first ever item that ever sold uh, down there, which I'm gonna ask you this, I'll be thinking about it, if you can remember back that far. My first ever item, Michael, he put me up on stage and it was a used mattress. (laughs) And it was nothing but springs is all it was. And I thought it was a joke. You know, who in the world is gonna buy an old 1920s mattress that didn't even have any mattresses. It's just the, you know, the, the metal, box spring, the, the box spring. Yeah. But here them boys drag it out and they calls me up on stage and I'm nervous as all can be. Now, mind you, I have briefed thousands of men before in briefings. I've been in front of people, but I'm still nervous. You know, it's my first time I get on stage and here they drag this mattress thing out. And I'm thinking, gosh, this ain't going to bring nothing. My first ever item is going to be a no sell. I'm like, oh, it's going to be horrible. I get up there, and I start this thing at $5, and there was 40 hands went there. I didn't realize how popular these things were. What they were doing was cutting them and making little decorator pieces out of them. Yeah. I think it sold for like $75. Gosh. Everybody gave me a round of applause. It's my first item. Yeah. And uh, so that was my introduction to selling something live. So what can you remember? Oh, goodness. Can you remember, or if you can't remember your first item, nope. what's one of the more interesting things that you've ever sold?
1: Uh, I can't remember my first item.
0: Well, it was 60 years ago, so that's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that weighs a little bit in. I, I would like to follow up on on uh, something that, that you just said about your grandfather taking you to auctions. Uh, it's for years it was known as the auction barn you went to the auction barn well when I was growing up in Oliver Springs there was actually a barn directly across the street from me where they had auctions Mm. every Friday night and of course of course I would toddle over there and and watch them watch the auctioneer call bids and it was absolutely in a barn
0: wow in a barn uh, yeah (laughs) that's awesome
1: and the barn is still there today yeah yeah But uh, as far as my first item, I really can't remember uh, what my first item was. Well,
0: that's okay. We'll come. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Think of something interesting. What I'd l- really like to, to shift gears on is, you know, I've I've only got experience of holding an auction in the last five years. That's as far as my experience goes. Um, and so my entire time that I've been in this industry the online portion has been a must-have like you have to be online if you're going to get prices and if you're going to get the reach that a lot of these clients need Um, whether it's a a piece of art whether it's a case pocket knife or whether it's a, a you know a silver coin or whatever the case may be now, I'm, there's certainly arguments that well, if you if you have a knife collection, you can still have a live auction and get a lot of good bidders, and I completely agree with that. I think that's that's an accurate statement. But I don't think you could sell 10,000 case knives and continue to have the same the same price as if you could if you were doing it online and selling it online because we have so much you know a, a, such higher population of bidders. So I've only known online. How have you seen the evolution of, and, like, and I, I feel like you didn't really kick and scream whenever I brought you to the online world. You know, it just kind of happened for you. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Well, the first, when you gave me that phone call that day and says, why am I paying all this rent on this auction house when, when we're going to start selling online mostly, uh, I thought... Well, how can you have an auction without an auction barn? Right. You know, it was, right. f- was what hit me first. But no, I, I had confidence in you now. I went along with you, and it's turned out very well, and it's turned out even better now that we're in the mess that we're in now with the virus and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, can you know, they've limited the crowds to 10. 10. Now, if we had a live auction running ever week like we used to right uh talk about in between a
0: rock and hard place right and guys i do think what's today today's march the what 18th something like that 17th um we're in 2020 because this this video will be on for the next 25 years you can go back and watch this right now what's going on is is obviously if you're watching live you, you understand this the coronavirus is this is the coronavirus of 2020 it's happening and danny's absolutely right with the live auction we would have 150 people. Mm -hmm. What would we do if we had an auction and today's Wednesday, if we had an auction scheduled for three days from now on a Saturday, we would be, we would have to cancel it. Absolutely. We absolutely would have to cancel it and and we'd have to cancel until the, we don't know when and we have consigners and clients that need to sell, but they can't sell because we can't have an auction. So uh, what a blessing it was for us just to go ahead and already be online That that process. It just works. So I agree with what, what you just said that I never would have dreamed that, that we would have been able to be successful without having a barn, per se. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. Um, what I'm curious to, to hear from you, and I've got my own opinions, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, is Where do you think we're going? You know, and I named this company JD's Auctions in case Jacob Deal, my little seven-year-old, decided to take over it one day. You know, when when Jed is, I don't know, 30 years old, and 25 years from now, I'll be too tired, and I'll be pushing you around in a wheelchair. (laughs) You know, what do you think this business is going to look like? Where do you think we're going with this? Well,
1: don't they call it nepotism? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to a, a, a auction class one time and the teacher got up there and says, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called nepotism in the auction business because every auctioneer that I know, his children have followed him right, right into the business, more so than any business yeah. that, that I can think of.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, uh, but, you know, they, which I've seen it too, but they can start at such a small age even. Right. I mean, we've even already had Jed hold up things, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just entertainment for the, for the right. people. Yeah, And uh,
0: yeah. Do you think that we'll be able to recognize the process? I mean, the auction industry, for those of you don't know, is the second oldest profession in the world. And I think we all know what the first oldest profession is. The unspoken, which we don't even need to mention. Um, but as the second oldest profession in the world, it's pretty much stayed the same up until yes. 94 yes. when eBay came along. Yeah. Then it was a different way of, of, of doing things. Now, there was always the, you know, I don't know if you know this, or you heard it, but there used to be mail outs where people would mail a catalog and then you could fill in your bid and mail it back in. And then you could get on the phone and do a last-minute phone bid. Yeah. That was revolutionary. And then our world changed when the Internet happened. Our, everything got flipped on its top. Yeah. So do you think that you and I will be able to recognize this industry in 20 years?
1: or is it- Probably not. There be, will be things pop up that we couldn't imagine just like we couldn't imagine the internet 20 years ago. Right, right. There will be things pop up. Uh, Are you familiar with how the uh, how the auction industry got started in America?
0: I am but you might want to tell our viewers.
1: Yeah. Uh, It it was started in the during the Civil War, during the Reconstruction when the uh, northern troops came down. They confiscated everything mostly out of the mansions would throw it out in the yard, and that's where the title of colonel comes from. They would take the highest ranking officer around and let him auction the stuff off to the carpetbaggers and anybody that had money mm-hmm. to buy to buy the spoils of war, as they call it. And the surplus as well, yeah. And also, that's why when you get your auction license, you're also granted from the governor in the state a honorary colonel
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I know you've all heard of uh, auctioneers referred to as colonels uh, that that's, that comes from the Civil War when the colonels would actually get up on a stump or that's where the term auction block comes from too uh, they would drag around a block of wood a stump with them stand on it where they could identify their bidders and see the crowd and sell Items, piles of bowls of war yeah. for for the uh,
0: government. Yeah, which, which clearly articulates that this service and this particular industry is always going to be needed. Always. I think it's a matter of the fashion that it's sold. Certainly, excess property from Afghanistan and Iraq, I've seen it. I know what it looks like and I know how much of it there is. But we're not dragging around a wooden block selling anymore (laughs) we got online platforms and we're selling online i've got a theory that in we're only about 15 years away from what i'm going to describe to you next virtual reality goggles that you can wear that when we sell in the state i am confident that people will be able to put their virtual reality goggles on at home And walk around in that house and see from room to room what they want to bid on, identify it, and then by voice recognition say, I'd like to bid on this piano for $125. And it will automatically register their bid for $125. I'm confident that we're moving in that direction. Now the technology is getting close. Now there's not a bunch of people that are that are working with VR, you know, two or three time, two or three hours a day, other than kids playing on virtual reality mm-hmm. video games. Um, but gosh, it's going to be fun to watch this industry and how it's going to evolve and how it's going to grow. and uh, And that's what we're all about here is being innovative and trying to be front runners of, of how this e- evolves. Well, Danny, we should probably close it up for today. Um, okay, you got any final? final thoughts?
1: No, just follow us. Keep up with us. We're going to be having some interesting things to sell, some one-of-a-kind things to sell, and just keep up with us, and we'll have a good time.
0: Guys, thanks for watching. We appreciate you. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our channels. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, this is the Knoxville Business Show, episode number one. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you.